Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Uh, This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. This installment of One More Thing is going to look a little different and yet look the same. Um... If you've been listening to the past few episodes, I've had a lot to say about um, lots in the political arena, as well as um, some things to do with policing. Um, uh, you may recall uh, a recent exchange where um, one of our anchors and I discussed uh, the incident uh, with Jalen Walker. And my producer, uh, Chris Thompson, he is one of those folks that likes to challenge me in this space. And I appreciate that. And so, uh, true to form, he sent over a news article. Uh, comes from Just the News is the name of the uh, company. And the news article was about a former uh, New York City police commissioner who basically purported that black and Latino communities would rather have more police presence than less. And he wanted to get my thoughts on it. And so I had to sit with this for a couple of days because I know over uh, the, the course of this show's run, we've had to have lots of conversations that have been um, informative, enlightening. And, uh, we're exploring new territory that a lot of folks may not be familiar with. You know, their minds have not expanded to conceive of different forms of policing. Um, and I think the default setting is for folks to accept what exists as being all that can exist. Right. And I'm not mad at that. And what I've done again on the show is often challenge um, the legitimacy of that approach. And so with this one, 
um, where I'm going to have to clarify a few things about some of the things that I've said, some of the positions that I've held. You know, I want to say a couple of things. Um, the first is that I am an activist. I never wanted to consider myself an activist. I always like hiding behind the fact that I'm a DJ and a radio personality. But, you know, when the time came for me to get out in the streets, I did that. But prior to that, you know, I served as the president of the Black Student Union, uh, NAACP Black Student Union when I was in college. Um, you know, I've read the books. I've, I've walked the walk. I've, you know, I live in Arizona and I was at different points the only Black person at the helm of a hip-hop station um, in a full-time capacity with a name. And so I've had to represent black interests, not just in those spaces, but on television, you know, in a very conservative state. You know, I had a six year run with uh, KTVK here in Phoenix um, on television. And so um, keeping black issues at the center of the narrative is something that I have had to do because I felt like it was right. Um, that doesn't mean that I believe that I'm always right, but I believe that my intention is, is well placed. And, um, you know, coming to terms with that activism term, you know, it feels very like radical, but, you know, I've, I've come to accept that that's a part of creating change. Well, in, uh, my eagerness to discuss today's article, um, I thought I might call on a friend of mine who himself is an activist. So today on this installment of One More Thing, I'm joined by Percy Christian. Welcome. Thank you. Thank course, you. Really honor being on. Thank you. Absolutely. And he himself is an activist with a chapter. I'm not sure that it's an official chapter of BLM, but it uh, is referred to here locally as BLM Phoenix Metro. Yeah. Not an official chapter. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that this chapter espouses the main tenets of BLM proper. Mm -hmm. um, well, and. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, has been educated uh, accordingly. And so I felt like, you know, let's have someone up on the show that can really help peel back some layers here. So what I want to do is go through this article with Percy and um, hit a couple of points. The first is that uh, in the article, uh, this police commissioner, his name is Bernie Carrick. Uh, suggested black and Latinos want more police. So I definitely want to talk about that. There's another point that I want to talk about where he suggests, and I've heard it elsewhere in the media, that uh, reductions in crime uh, often happen when there's a greater police presence. You know, this is something that is um, touted in conservative circles quite a bit. And then uh, I also want to ask, you know, where the defund the police movement is now, mm -hmm. um, that it has been challenged on many fronts. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I'll do is I'll read a bit from the article and I'd like to get your thoughts, Percy, and then we'll go from there. So I'll start. Um, this, again, is from Just the News. Former NYC Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick says that studies show that most Latino and black communities don't want police defunded, but want more of a police presence. Uh, and here's a quote. If you go into New York City and you go into Bed-Stuy or somewhere in Brooklyn where there's a solid black community, I guarantee you those community leaders, the real community leaders, they're going to tell you, bring in as many cops as you physically can. He said this on a show called No Noise, Just the News. So 
for him and folks to feel like that. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts? I mean, you know, the typical um, idea behind public safety is the police. Mm -hmm. Right. So right now, our communities don't necessarily have an idea behind what else they could envision. Mm. Right. So when they go and they turn on the news and they see the perpetuation of quote unquote increases in crime, Mm -hmm. the first thing that they want to do is they want to jump to the need of a police presence. Sure, sure. And I like that you said that because I think there is a an approach to crime that exists where it's accepted that crime will exist in the numbers that it exists currently and police will deal with that and it's sort of a reactive approach okay there's crime so let's get more police rather than there's crime let's approach the issues in society that will prevent the necessity of the crimes in the first place exactly my understanding is that a lot of the crimes that that take place are economic based you know people that are just trying to get money you know selling drugs comes to mind you know but a lot of crimes where there's uh no real direct victim by that i mean like violent crimes you know those those tend to be a little bit more even across communities so um you know i definitely like that yeah most definitely now here's another one you know again when people feel like their the numbers support that argument you mm-hmm. know um let's say uh crime goes down when there's a greater police presence, um, which is stated in this article. In fact, I'll read. Um, He has another quote here. says, you have activists on the outside screaming and yelling about Black Lives Matter. Uh, They are a detriment to the Black community. The most substantial reductions in New York City violent crime under Rudy Giuliani happened in the Black communities. Um, He goes on to say, you know, we reduced overall murder in New York City back in the early 90s and 2000s by about 70 percent. So, so what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, if, if, you know, you really look into who Bernie Carrick is, you know, I don't think he's someone who should be speaking on, you know, the effects of policing within our communities. Yeah, not an objective speaker. Most definitely not. But even if you look at statistics, right, when during the stop and frisk movement, which mm-hmm. was also in New York City, mm-hmm. there was an increase. Mm. Right. So if you actually pull up the statistics and. You know, I don't necessarily see any statistics in just the news. Right. But if you pull up statistics, they may tell a different story. Absolutely. You know, so so here's something that's interesting about this. This individual, Bernie Carrick, is, you know, whether or not his information is factual Mm -hmm. based in a shared reality. There are people that feel this way. Right. And some of those people are black. Right. And this is something that um, I believe that in our heart of hearts, each of us individually wants to live in safer communities. Right. There's no one that wakes up in the morning is like, you know, I wish things were worse. Right. Um, and so I do believe it's really simply an issue of rethinking what public safety looks like. And to your point, someone like him who himself is a former police officer, police commissioner, um, he would naturally. Uh, espouse you know policing as the solution the be all and end all right yeah that's the narrative right exactly every time now 
another thing that happens is people tend to correlate, again, that uh, decrease in violent crime with an increase in police presence. But there's other factors that often factor into that. So first off, you know, to his point here, he says that um, there was a, uh, a reduction in violent crime in the early 90s and the 2000s uh, by about 70 percent compared to what era? Right. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of data missing from that. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, then we would like to ask, OK, so what's happened since then? Because I know that no one was talking about defunding the police in the early 2000s and the late 90s. That's a that's a more modern concept. Exactly. Right? So um, if police presence had a direct correlation with um, a decrease in violent crime, not only would we see New York City's crime rate down to zero, you know, we'd see that happen all across the all United all States. All across the board. It does not work. It never has. And that's a problem. And it's uh, it, it basically, um, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours. Um, so shout out to Keisha one time. Oh, shout out to Keisha. <laughs> uh, and she said something that was very enlightening. She said, um, you know, rather than uh, giving people in poor communities, black and brown communities, access to services, um, where in environments where resources are limited, um, they would rather put money into policing. Mm. And, you know, policing results in increase in arrest. So you can get people getting arrested for truancy exactly. when folks are poor. Yeah. You know, truancy when children don't make it to school. Trespassing. Things like this. Exactly. Uh, um, uh, school fights. Exactly. You know, again, selling drugs. People that are trying to bridge economic gaps in their lives you know what i mean folks can't find daycare folks you know um whatever their stories are we i know them i'm from compton california so i you know i get this right but you know for folks that just look at crime and want to paint with broad strokes it's a very difficult thing to accept and then they just look at arrests they look at the amount of black people arrested and then they're able to conflate arrests with black people arrests with um uh, a an effective campaign against quote unquote crime and you know folks end up getting satiated by the numbers that don't really reflect change or um a, a betterment of the quality of life for black and brown people in those communities not solutions at all exactly and so a lot of this is economic you know there's going to be bad people that come in all colors there's going to be violent people that come in all colors but yeah. you know again there's a lot of conflating going on here most definitely now um you made a point that i really love um you you talked about how we've been approaching crime the same way for a very long time perhaps since the beginning of policing since yeah, the exactly. slave patrols exactly. you know there's someone that you can call they go and get the bad guys you know this sort of thing yeah as opposed to how do we prevent bad guys from being formed? And I use the bad bad guys term loosely, but how do we prevent that from being formed in the first place? So again, with years of trial and error with a system that we have now and that we all can look at and agree, okay, there's police corruption that's rampant. There's police cover-ups that are, that's rampant. There's obviously police shootings particularly when it comes to black and brown individuals, mm -hmm. uh, the harm being perpetuated against black bodies mm -hmm. that we see on film. Everyone can see it. And then we all have, there's this incredible silence that, that sweeps over our community um, since the protest of 2020. Yeah. 
where we just sort of accept that as collateral damage. Well, we need police and then we do our best to blame the victim. This is sort of what ended up happening the other day on this show where I spoke up to defend Jalen Walker. You know, in this country, there is a right to bear arms. You can't have a gun. If you come from a black, uh, impoverished community where, um, you know, gangs have, you know, taken. Got to protect yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? There's 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 lots of dangers there. Definitely. So I will not. Uh, try to separate that, you know, from uh, our reality. But the thing is, you know, when you involve the police and the police overstep and we accept, okay, they shot at him 90 times. Um, He had a ski mask in the car uh, and he had a gun in the car and there was a muzzle flash. They don't know if the gun went off accidentally. They don't know if he was suicidal. They don't know what was going on in the car, but they got out the car and executed him like a firing squad. Mm. And he is not alive to tell the tale. Meanwhile, there are countless mass shooters that are taken in alive, actively with the guns, shooting people, have ended lives. And then, you know, there's black people, countless black people who get pulled over for traffic stops. Yeah, exactly. So, um, again, just sort of rethinking this where we are not the bad guys. We're not blaming the victims. We are kind of giving a little bit of grace for what it means to be black in America, where... Fear is a constant companion in your neighborhoods. And of course, when you interact with police. um, And again, I want to make sure that I illuminate the source, the economic source of what often ends up becoming those violent crimes. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have drugs in communities like this, and drugs is how people make money, and drugs, uh, you can't compete. There's no fair playing field. There's no uh, government, you know, involvement with that. It's right. kind of like law of the jungle out there. You end right. up with a lot more in the way of violence. Yeah. So, but even then, you know, the drug, the gangs are really, it's violence between the gangs. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you see violence seep outside of the gangs, but when you think about gang violence, I really think that they try to conflate gang violence, which is violence within interpersonal communities and, and just civilian spaces. Sure, so, like we're just violent people. Right, and, and that's just not the case at all, you mm-hmm. know, and it's one of the things that they really try to conflate. That's uh, another thing, that the the limited resources um, in, in Black communities oftentimes ends up uh, resulting in that quote-unquote Black-on-Black crime. Right. And right. the thing is, if you think about it, where there are limited resources and you need to get resources if you're hungry and your neighbor has food and you're you live in a black community it's likely that your neighbor is going to look like you you're not going to drive across town to get food you know what i mean and it, i know that's a very simplified example but you kind of helps paint that picture um so what i want to ask is in your opinion what is the future of the or ra- rather where is the defund the police movement now it's all about re- educating we mm. we have to educate and inform that defund is necessarily not just about removing the resources from the police, but it's also about creating resources in our community. Mm. So it's also about investing as well. And a lot of our community is not necessarily educated on how the budget process works. And like you said, crime doesn't necessarily change, but the budget still increase. Mm. So it's really just about getting our communities educated on budget processes, getting them to be able to speak up 
um, to their council members mm-hmm. and let them know, you know, we don't need to keep investing in these budgets. Police budgets keep increasing mm-hmm. and the resources, public education, uh, public housing, those resources decrease. Sure, sure. And and I like what you said about um, understanding the way that budgets work, because reallocating a lot of those resources, you know, into new things, even if you don't have a proper concept of it, even if you don't really understand, you can agree that the way things work right now, uh, they don't work for everyone. You can agree that the police don't need tanks. This isn't a war zone. There's nowhere in this country that's a war zone. We need services. We need um, access. We need after school. Pro- There's a direct co- correlation between um, daycare, accessibility, and crime rates in communities. Exactly. And so if there were programs in place where there was just an increase in the accessibility of daycare, we would see it's it's been proven. We would see a decrease in the crime rate, just something that simple. And there's so many of those examples exactly. um, that exist. Uh, another thing that I think folks should keep in mind is that defunding is really a long-term concept. It's not an overnight thing. Obviously, you can't flip a switch fire half the police to police, put all your butt and your money, all the money that you're saving into these programs and expect things to, you know, take time. Right. And, and bear in mind that if you had one system in place for a hundred years, you need to give a few years at least for things to flesh out, for the mistakes to be made, for, you know, us to learn and grow from this new approach. Um, you know, this other approach has had its day in the sun. Again, 100 years minimum in terms of like modern policing. Um, and it's had plenty of time to make all the mistakes and evolve. And here we are. And numbers aren't changing. We, we're all agreeing that, OK, that blue wall of silence. And, the, yeah. you know, there's a lot that, you know, Uvalde shooting, you know, you've seen what happened in Kansas City. There's a yeah. lot of stuff that's going on. And it's, it's, it's not just these isolated places. This is widespread. Exactly. You know, we live in Phoenix and both of us have been very critical of the way policing is done here in Phoenix. They've shot three uh, civilians, just three people just this month. And I know they they hemmed you up on some trumped yeah. up charges for a minute, too. Most definitely. So I remember the, the Free Percy yeah. campaign. Yeah, so. You were there. You were there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, you know, and then another thing, bear in mind that a lot of ideas are unpopular until they until they aren't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people from W.E.B. Bois to MLK. They, they all had unpopular ideas and then eventually they became popular. And so this may be another example of that. Um, you know, but, you know, bear in mind that job opportunities, uh, accessible housing opportunities, after school programs, as I mentioned, daycare, um, affordability, um, access to resources, those have a proven correlation with a, uh, uh, a decrease in crime rates. And we've seen year after year, as you mentioned, there's a, an overall tendency to increase police budgets yep. across the country. And um, we can't say the same about a correlation uh, with a decrease in crime rates. Not the, police, the police would like to accept that right. as the narrative, <laughs> but they want to accept, again, they want to accept, uh, you know, the credit for things that, you know, we could point to other social factors exactly and they want to accept none of the blame when it comes to hey look you guys are failing our communities in this way this way and this way attacking us and murdering us right shooting us when we were unarmed right exactly and so one of the things that i do want to say i might lose you here i I apologize one of the things that i i do like to say um when i have these really intense conversations is that um i 
am the sort of person I believe that all men are my brothers and all women are my sisters. This includes people who are police officers. Notice I said people who are police officers. I am very critical of the way that policing is done in this country because I am a black man and I have black children, two black sons. They have to grow up in this country. And so I would like to see things um, evolve for the better mm-hmm. um, so that I'm comfortable with them growing up and living lives outside of their house and having their own families. Of course. Um, that is not to say that I am critical of the human beings per se. Okay. Um, that I do on a case by case basis. I actually know some police officers, uh, some I've met since doing this show. I believe them to be decent human beings. Um, and I look forward to the day when they operate in a system that works better for everyone. Um, but until that day comes, I believe it is my duty to remain critical of not just policing, of uh, the way politicking is done, um, the way uh, voting is handled, um, the way uh, uh, to, uh, to protect black and brown people from being disenfranchised, um, and to just be a voice. And I believe that that is what uh, we are doing here today. So I appreciate you coming by, Percy. Um, once again, my guest, Percy Christian, is an activist with BLM Phoenix Metro. Uh, go ahead and leave your social media if folks want to keep Oh, up yeah. With you. Follow me if you want. Uh, P-E-R-C-Y for uh, the number four president. Uh, P-E-R-E-S-I-P-E-N-T. It's like that simple. I love it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, of course, we open the floor up to you, our listener. If there's any thoughts you'd like to share, you can reach out to me on social media. I'm at Ramses Jow, or you can use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. Not sure if I'm right. Um, Don't think I'm wrong. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it. But uh, either way, um, the truth is somewhere in between the extremes, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, and maybe we'll find our way together forward, all right? We'll talk again soon. Until then, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.